is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number... 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We will get to Hollywood. We will get to the Boy Scouts. We will get to all the attacks on our culture and the massive, massive cover-up in Hollywood, the Hollywood and entertainment media, and not just them, the New York Times in 2004, NBC, other media outlets, the massive cover-up by liars who now are coming forward and saying, well, we, we heard rumors, but we didn't know. And, of course, senior members of the Democrat Party who spend enormous amount of time with their Hollywood pals as if they didn't know anything. The sole beneficiaries of Hollywood largesse when it comes to campaigns and so forth. And the failure of the Attorney General of California... Sarah, the failure of him to open a thorough and complete investigation of what, of what Hollywood is and has become. The conspiracy of silence, as all kinds of state and federal laws are violated, and the U.S. attorney should too, when it comes to sexual harassment, physical abuse, and even rape. And where is the attorney general in New York, that left-wing slob? Where is he? Nowhere. Have you heard him talk about Hollywood? Well, Mark, what's Hollywood have to do with anything? Well, I'll tell you what. A lot of these producers actually are in New York. What's that left-wing slob attorney general in New New York doing about it? Nothing. What's the clown governor in New York saying about it? Nothing. What's the clown governor in California saying about it? Nothing. What are the clown senators from New York and the clown senators from California saying about it? Nothing. These are dark blue strongholds, New York and Los Angeles, in massive cover-up mode for what is a huge scandal, the abuse of women from money and power on a large scale. You think this guy, uh, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey? Harvey, your mommy's calling. You think Harvey Weinstein's the only one? But look at them. Look at these clowns, these fools. Uh, They come up with the Academy Awards and they tell us what to believe and what to think. Their progressive agenda. Their groupthink. How they lecture you and me about every conceivable cause. And yet, the cause they need to address is them. More on that later. The Boy Scouts. Well, you know, the Cub Scouts are going to admit girls. Oh, how forward-thinking, how progressive. That's not the purpose of the Cub Scouts. That's not the purpose of the Boy Scouts. But it doesn't matter anymore. You don't even know what damn bathroom to use. doesn't matter. We'll get into that, too. But before we do, you know, there's a serious matter coming up, and I've been talking about it for several days the last couple of weeks. President of the United States is going to make a decision. 
He's going to make a decision on whether he certifies, as he must every nine days, or decertify, as he should, every 90 days, under the Iran deal, the Iran sellout, the sellout, the appeasement of all time, the Obama deal, the Obama-Corker-Iran deal, or whether or not the President of the United States is going to decertify that that, that, that disgusting deal is not in our national security interests and there are multiple material breaches by the Iranians, and then abrogate it. That is, back out of the, tree, the uh, deal, because it should have been treated as a treaty. It's not a treaty. It's an Obama deal where Corker greased the skids to help him get it. And yet we're starting to see signs of, and an off-too-often sign, by the way, that the president is buckling. As he buckled on DACA, as he buckled on moving uh, the United States Embassy to the capital of Israel, Jerusalem. Now is he going to buckle on Iran? Well, we'll find out. We'll know soon enough. But according to Adam Credo, who is a good reporter, looks like we may have a problem. I hope he's wrong. The Trump administration will not commit to designating the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or RIGC, Iran's elite fighting force, as terrorists, despite a congressional mandate to do so by the end of the month, according to multiple U.S. officials and other administration insiders who told the Washington Free Beacon that holdovers from the Obama administration are working to stymie the effort. Who are these holdovers? What, what is the president doing? Why is there a single Obama holdover anywhere near the Oval Office? Oh, as a matter of fact, anywhere in the Trump administration. I can tell you as a matter of fact that when Ronald Reagan was elected president the first time, Pink notices went out to every single political appointee at the White House and every department and every agency, all in, all over the country, all over the world, that they're going to turn in their resignation letters. They're out. When the Bush administration came in, Bush 41, the vice president to Ronald Reagan, they gave us all pink slips, our Reagan appointees, and said, you're out. The Trump administration comes in. Where are the pink slips? You've got Obama holdovers everywhere. Everywhere. What the hell's with that? That's irresponsibility. That's incompetence. That's unacceptable. While President Donald Trump is expected to announce this week that he will not certify Iran as in compliance with the landmark nuclear deal, it remains unclear if he will follow through with congressionally approved plans to extend a terror designation to the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps, a move that has prompted Iran to threaten greater attacks on U.S. forces in the Middle East. Imagine what they'll do with nuclear warheads on ICBMs. Of course, I don't even think this is enough. You decertify and you get the hell out. And then you use every resource you have to destroy this regime. To push it out of power. The IRGC is responsible for numerous terror attacks on American troops over the years and has played a key role in interfering with U.S. operations in Syria. Top lawmakers and insiders who spoke to the Free Beacon about the growing uncertainty over how best to hold Iran accountable for its terror activities expressed frustration over what they view as the administration's inability to follow through with its foreign policy promises particularly as they relate to Iran, which has increasingly targeted U.S. forces with military action. 
New reports emerged today that Trump's planned speech in Iran may be scaled back and not take place until Friday, if it does at all. Now, let me warn you. What's going to happen when Trump decertifies is the left is going to go cuckoo for uh, Cocoa Puffs. Remember that one, Mr. Uh, Producer? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Anyway, they will go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but they always go cuckoo for po- uh, whatever. They'll be all over TV to say, hey, this is unreasonable. You know, even Condi Rice said, I don't know about this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And you'll be led to believe that Trump and his administration have taken a hardcore stance. It's not a hardcore stance. Iran is a mortal enemy. They've said repeatedly death to America. They've said repeatedly they're going to get their ICBMs and their nuclear warheads. They have lied repeatedly in prior deals over what they've been doing. They will not allow the U.N. inspectors to get into their military bases where much of this activity is taking place. They have not only threatened American forces, they captured our sailors off the high seas. They're doing other things that are prohibited when it comes to conventional weapons, when it comes to the spread of terrorism, when it comes to occupying parts of Syria, when it comes to building missile sites, when it comes to backing Hezbollah and Hamas, two terrorist organizations. Why am I the only one talking about this? Am I the only one talking about this? Why am I the only one talking about this? Can I encourage the backbenchers in this business to start paying attention to big stuff? Apparently not. Trump last week signed new sanctions legislation mandating the U.S. extend a terror designation to the IRGC, making marking the first time in U.S. history a foreign country's military branch would be hit with such a designation. But the state and treasury departments would not confirm Wednesday that the administration intends to make good on this law, which was approved by Congress with bipartisan support. I'm only bringing this up to give countervailing pressure on the administration and hopefully the president to stick to his guns. It's bad enough if you decertify on this deal and then say, but let's fix it because, you know, we'll fix it, we'll reform it, and then the Iranians will actually listen to us. How many more pieces of paper what must we sign with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran to realize they have no intention of complying with it? We signed document after document after document with that fat little slob inbred in North Korea. That didn't seem to work. Now we're going to sign them with these guys in Tehran? What's going on here? Honest to God, why are there Obama holdovers? we got a State Department that's completely out of control. I mean, what's with this? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Conservatives, we better start paying attention to this. This hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. We don't put pressure on this administration now. Let me show you how bad this is getting. Over at the State Department, the Trump State Department, with Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State. Ever hear of Chris Ford? No, not the former basketball player and coach. No, most of you haven't. Chris Ford was the former chief counsel for Senator Bob Corker. You've heard of Bob Corker. Spent a lot of time talking about him here. Old Bob Corker. He's like the British colonel in the movie Bridge Over the River Kwai. You know that bridge 
that they built, and they were prepared to blow it up when the Japanese troop train was coming across World War II, and it was built with POWs. And remember, the colonel wouldn't blow it up because he was so in love with his bridge. And eventually it blew up because uh, he was shot or whatever, and he fell on the plunger, and it blew up. Well, whatever. That's Bob Corker when it comes to the Iran deal. Bob Corker created the path for Obama to get the Iran deal to violate Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2, the Treaty Clause of the Constitution. Even worse, the process they put in place, the Republicans put in place, under Corker and McConnell, and almost every single Republican voted for it. And this is when this genius Ben Sass called me on the phone, and I haven't talked to him since, telling me, Mark, you just don't understand how this works. You know what I told him? Don't ever call me again, genius. Sold out. Now, always Mr. Conservative. But anyway, back to the point. So rather than two-thirds of the senators present ratifying this as a treaty, it became two-thirds of the senators would have to override a presidential veto, which would never happen. So, Obama got his deal. Now, one of the people advising Bob Corker at the time is a guy by the name of Chris Ford, his former chief counsel, Chris Ford. Simple name. Counsel for Bob Corker. Do you know he's been nominated? He's been nominated to be Assistant Secretary of State for proliferation. This guy's been nominated to be Assistant Secretary of State for proliferation when he was involved in the Obama-Corker-Iran deal? I'll give you another one. Ever hear of Wileem or Yaleem Popolit? Well, of course not. I can't even pronounce it. But anyway, she's been nominated to be Assistant Secretary of State, too, for what? Verification and compliance. Now, what about her? Ever hear of her? Well, let me tell you a little bit about her. She was Chief of Staff to Ross Lightning of Florida. And people were not free to testify before the House of Foreign Affairs Committee who opposed the Iranian regime. All she, uh, sanctioned, sanctioned, sanctioned. What, what needed to be done there, again, was to allow people to testify openly about what the Iranian regime was doing and its violations. Now, when she was sent off from the transition team during the Trump administration, she was pushed out. Well, she's back. She's been nominated to be Assistant Secretary of State for verification and compliance. So look at this. You got Pablit, if that's how you pronounce it, and Chris Ford to be two top people at the Secretary uh, for the Secretary of State. And where are the conservatives? Where are they? Hey, you know what? What? You know that Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, we'll get to him. What about this? Well... It's not up on my favorite website. It's not there. It's not something I'm prepared to discuss. No, 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 no. But as I've said many, many times about the Iran deal, and that's what they do. They sit back and they wait. But you can't sit back and wait. These things are going on right now. The Iranian regime is a mortal threat to our country. And your kids and my kids or your grandkids and my grandkids one day will have to go to war to stop that regime. I'm not in favor of it. I'm not promoting it. I am telling you. 
that this regime with ICBMs and nuclear warheads will be a mortal threat to the United States. Look at North Korea. That fat little inbred, he's a mortal threat to the United States. But what's interesting is the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran is already trying to build its caliphate. It's already a powerful, powerful force in the region. They have secreted themselves within the Iraqi armed forces. They are involved in Syria in a significant way. They've toppled the government, the legitimate government in Yemen. They're giving hundreds of millions of dollars that we gave them, billions of dollars, to Hezbollah. And there's a uh, testimony the other day that Hezbollah now has operatives within our country. They're the terrorist wing of the Iranian regime. And we're going to decertify, but yeah, you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that, but we'll make it look tough, you see. Whatever happened to this was the worst deal ever made, and I'm going to get rid of it. Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to conservatives jumping up and down upset about this deal? All of a sudden, it's okay? And we'll just decertify, and, uh, and then we'll try and make it better. Make it better? You're dealing with a Hitlerian regime in Tehran. And I mean that, literally. No, no, you don't understand. We'll make it better. Obama, you know, Obama just messed up. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right. Let me add another piece of wood on the fire here. Hollywood. You want to talk about Hollywood? Okay, we'll talk about Hollywood. There should be a massive FBI investigation of what's taking place in Hollywood and what is taking place in Hollywood. And all these phony actors and actresses who claim they didn't know anything need to be interviewed. in order to determine the extent of Harvey Weinstein's allegedly criminal conduct. Those who conspired with him. Those who took steps to protect him. It should all be known. It should all be known. might want to use the word collusion. Who colluded with Harvey Weinstein? Which actors and actresses? Which directors, which producers colluded with Harvey Weinstein? As I said yesterday, and it's been picked up by some, the hilarity of hearing people like George Clooney and others in effect say, well, I heard rumors, but of course I didn't know personally. No, you didn't know personally, you idiot. Because he didn't do things in front of you. Nobody said you're an eyewitness. But you knew about it, didn't you, dummy? Of course you did, dummy. The best piece written on this so far, in my humble opinion, is by Kyle Smith over at National Review Online. And he calls it, as I have called it, the Hollywood Conspiracy of Silence. And his subtitle is, It's nearly impossible to believe the big stars who say they didn't know about Harvey Weinstein's revolting acts. And that's true. Here's one example. 
you know this, uh, I don't watch a lot of movies, but Clooney's Ocean's 11, 12, 13 co-star Brad Pitt, he knew very well, points out Smith, what Harvey Weinstein was up to. Pitt had once threatened to give Weinstein a Missouri whipping after the producer sexually harassed his then-girlfriend, Gwyneth Paltrow, in the 1990s. All those months... The pair spent on sets together. They never thought to compare notes on Weinstein's behavior. That is, you mean Pitt never told Clooney? Another Ocean's buddy, Matt Damon, this guy comes out like a complete punk, personally called up Sharon Waxman, then a New York Times reporter, to intercede against a story that would have been unflattering to Weinstein. Was Damon also not curious about what was on his producer mentor? What was going on with him? Did Damon also never talk to Pitt on the set of Ocean's movies? Or on the set of The Departed, which Pitt produced and Damon started, or maybe in between, in between takes on Happy Feet 2, in which Pitt and Damon played a zany pair of gay crustaceans? Note the curiously limited wording of the denials from Damon and Clooney, though. Entertainment reportings tending, uh, tending to be both A, and all their subjects, and B, unschooled in Washington-style spot. I spot the loophole weasel talk, having quite nailed down what either of them knew. I never have seen any of this behavior, ever, Clooney told the Daily Beast. Really? You never personally saw it, huh, George? Nobody said you did, George. But you heard all about it, didn't you? Of course, Damon and Clooney never saw the misbehavior. When Weinstein wants a -a tete-a-tete, with Ashley Judd in his bathrobe. Damon and Clooney aren't going to be invited along. I pointed that out yesterday. The question is, did they know what Weinstein was up to? Clooney insists, I had no idea that it had gone to the level of having to pay off eight women for their silence and that these women were threatened and victimized. Now, that comment seems to be limited to these women, the eight who were paid. Like a politician, Clooney's answering a question nobody asked. Did he know Weinstein was inviting actresses to business meetings that turned into bedroom meetings that turned into sexual overtures and career implications? Weinstein has been for more than two decades one of the most talked about figures in Hollywood. Could news of such revolting acts really never have reached Clooney's ears? Seems more likely that Clooney was part of a conspiracy of silence. Yes. Movie Clooney is very interested in exposing the pernicious actions of oil companies. Chemical companies, TV hucksters, McCarthyism, and the masterminds of the first Gulf War. Real-life Clooney plugs his ears when people in Hollywood gossip about a subject that has evidently been a hot topic of conversation since Paulie Shore was considered a movie star. Weinstein's habits were such an open secret they were joked about on 30 Rock and the Oscar telecast. What about Meryl Streep? She no doubt believed she was speaking truth to power when upon receipt of a career honor at the Golden Globe ceremony this year, she spent her entire speech heaving broadsides against President Trump. Does Trump constitute power in her world, though? It isn't like Trump can do much of anything in response except send a couple of grumpy tweets. Power to Streep is someone like Weinstein, someone who could cast her or not cast her, possibly influence the hiring decisions of others. And Weinstein's skill in campaigning for Oscars is unparalleled. He was widely credited for winning her a third Oscar for The Iron Lady, notably by Streep herself, who said in her acceptance speech, I want to thank God, Harvey Weinstein. 
And it goes on. It's a great piece at National Review by Kyle Smith. I want to commend it to you. You might want to check it out. And what about this? Jane Krakowski on the TV show 30 Rock mentioned by Kyle Smith in 2012. Listen to this. Cut eight. Go. Oh, please. I'm not afraid of anyone in show business. I turned down intercourse with Harvey Weinstein on no less than three occasions. Out of five. I know how former lovers can have a hold over you long after they're gone. In some ways, I'm still pinned under a passed out Harvey Weinstein and it's Thanksgiving. Hmm. Funny, huh? Then there's Seth MacFarlane. During the Oscar nominations in January 2013, not so long ago. Cut nine, go. The 2012 nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are Sally Field in Lincoln, Anne Hathaway in Les Miserables, Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook, Helen Hunt in The Sessions, and Amy Adams in The Master. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. Now, notice they're not only laughing, notice the, oh, my, under their breath, because most of them, or many of them, knew. Many of them. It's a big Hollywood joke. Big Hollywood joke. Sexual abuse, sexual misconduct, abusing women. It's funny, you know, it's funny. That's just what you do. It's Hollywood. And Jimmy Kimmel's been all but uh, tongue-tied on this, because I guess Chuck Schumer has been whispering in his ears lately about what to say. Maybe he'll have more to say about this. Maybe our new cultural commentator, third-rate comedian Jimmy Kimmel, on late night with the other third-rate comedians. Don't you miss Johnny Carson? I miss Johnny Carson. Got to listen to this schlock, to this uh, conga line of, uh, of leftists. They're not even funny. They're not even smart. Anyway, Jimmy Kimmel, I'm sure he'll be commenting. He'll be very upset about what Hollywood has done and what Hollywood's been about and the abuses of women by Harvey. Yeah, I call him Harvey. But probably not. Jimmy Kimmel on Comedy Central's The Man Show in 2002. Now, look, you might say, Mark, come on, that's 15 years ago. Excuse me. If we're going to look at the Founding Fathers, if we're going to be pulling down Confederate statues, we can look to 2002 when it comes to leftists with big mouths on TV. Jimmy Kimmel on Comedy Central's The Man Show in 2002. Has a woman guess what's in his pants? Hat tip media, cut 10, go. I've stuffed something in my pants, and you're allowed to feel around on the outside of the pants. You have 10 seconds to then guess what is in my pants. You should use two hands. Two hands. Before, haven't you? Maybe it would be easier if you put your mouth on it. How old are you? 18. Okay. Good. All right, stop. So he's saying this to an 18-year-old. Well, he didn't know the eight. Well, she sounds like she's 15. He says, okay, you sure of that? Go ahead. Because uh, Uncle Jimmy doesn't need to do time. <laughs> you're going to make a fine wife. I think I wore the rubber underpants. And your guess is? Vibrator. A vibrator? No, it is actually a zucchini with a rubber band on it. But you can use it as a vibrator if you want. Look. 
This is a good game. Oh, it's a good game. And that Comedy Central, it's funny. Very, very funny place, don't you think? Meanwhile, you heard that undercover tape I played yesterday with Harvey Weinstein on it and a young actress or would-be actress. It's pretty grotesque. And people are wondering, why didn't the Manhattan District Attorney, Cyrus Vance, do anything about it? Why didn't he do anything about it? Cut six, go. If we had a case that we felt we could prosecute, and my, my experts felt we could prosecute against Harvey Weinstein, we wouldn't. We take on many, many, many difficult sex crime prosecutions with individuals, uh, irrespective of their, their background or their money. So that's not an issue for us. We really are based on the facts, not what people think about it, not whether people liked Harvey or not or did. But obviously, he has some serious issues, and the tape is terrible. But I, as DA, have to be guided by the evidence and the elements of the crime and my experts in the office. And if I stop being guided by any of those things and start being guided... That's enough. Uh, Helen Keller, ladies and gentlemen. Helen Keller. But it's not only the Hollywood industry that covers and covered for the Hollywood industry. It's not only the Hollywood media that covers and covered for the Hollywood industry. It's the so-called mainstream media, which has never been mainstream in my view. It's the big lib media, including the New York Slimes itself, which more than a decade ago killed the story, even though it came out with the story this time, which includes the National Broadcasting Corporation, NBC, as I will explain in a moment. By the way, I see Obama will be coming into the Commonwealth of Virginia next week to campaign for this uh, lieutenant governor who pretends to be a moderate, Northam. I wasn't going to do this, but I am going to do this. Uh, Mr. Producer, reach out to Ed Gillespie, his campaign. We'll bring Ed Gillespie on this show to try and help him out. He's the underdog. He's running behind, although not by a lot. But if Obama's going to come into my state to push for this Democrat, he must be a radical left-wing kook. And so uh, we'll see if we can't level the playing field just a little bit. Just a little bit. Ed's not as conservative as I am. He is a decent person who will do a very good job as governor. But I'm not. But this guy, uh, Northam, Lieutenant Governor Ralph Northam, he's all for sanctuary cities and all that. I've had enough of it. I've had enough of it, enough of it, enough of it. And a big spender. Another one. Big spender. They're going to turn Virginia into Maryland. Sorry, Maryland, but it's true. But the gun grabbers and the high taxes and the uh, and uh, and all the rest of it. Sick of it. Four years of McAuliffe is like a four-year prison sentence. All right. Time is running out on the Genesel warehouse clearance sale for Chamonix. You have to call right now to get double your order of Genesel for free. 
That's why I had to take it for free. That's right, free. Genesil is a natural plant stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for those annoying bags and puffiness under the eyes. Plus, with Genesil's immediate effects, you'll see amazing results. Now listen, in less than 12 hours. Call now. Get double your order of Genesel free. My buddy Teddy, I hope you're listening. Genesel is backed by the best customer service in the business. And then, listen to this. And an ironclad 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. But we're not finished. Call now, and you'll get a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum, also free. Call in the next 20 minutes and get a free two-month supply of Esotique RF. Chamonix's most popular wrinkle treatment free. That's four free gifts. But you have to call their toll-free number. It's not hard. That's free, too. 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Or go to www.genicel.com. Double your Genicel order. Get the deep firming serum and esoteric free for a limited time. Order now and get a surprise luxury gift also free. Folks, give them a call. 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604, that's 800-SKIN-604. I want to propose that the FBI set up a special sex crimes unit for Hollywood. I'm not kidding. A special sex crimes unit to get to the bottom of this. Hollywood is an industry, ladies and gentlemen. It's the entertainment industry. Just like football's an industry or coal's an industry or whatever. If you have widespread potential criminality taking place in this community, and you have a widespread cover-up, a conspiracy of silence, just because these people are famous and powerful and have an enormous amount of money, just because 98% of them are left-wing Democrats, doesn't mean they shouldn't have to comply with the law. And the law in this case, keep your hands to yourself, keep your pants up, don't do things mommy told you not to do. Uh, this is basic stuff, basic morality. Now, I know basic morality sounds uh, rather incongruous when it comes to Hollywood, but I'm sorry. The law applies to them, too. I don't know where the left-wing Democrat attorney general in California is. He's nowhere. He's nowhere. Well, that's not true. He's probably down by the border in California with Mexico, making sure the border stays wide open. He's probably making sure the Confederate statues in California are pulled down. You know, he's very, very busy, this guy. But the Federal Bureau of Investigation of the United States Justice Department needs to set up a special sex crimes unit for Hollywood. And interview these actors and actresses. Interview these directors. Interview these producers. There's no way Harvey Weinstein is the only one. There's no way. And look at this Bill Cosby stuff. Absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The allegations involved with him. And we could go on and on and on. Now, what's unique about this in the Hollywood is, what's unique about it is the widespread cover-up, the massive cover-up, the conspiracy of silence. A special sex crimes unit for Hollywood needs to be set up by the FBI. And they need to go in there and get to the bottom of this. You have young women who are being abused, who 
were being threatened. You know, I thought this was behind us. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Pollyanna. I know this kind of stuff goes on. But the extent to which it apparently goes on in Hollywood and the extent to which these social warriors in Hollywood are prepared to keep their mouths shut, well, that to me is over the top. And by the way, this triumphant of cover-up is the media... Again, I'm going to get to that right after the top of the hour. Not just the Hollywood and entertainment media, big media, Democrats, and of course, Hollywood itself. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, you have to admit that the New York Slimes is considered the, uh, the big poop Or is it the big poop poop? Anyway, uh, when it comes to the media, they call it the paper record. You have to admit, NBC is a very, very big company. It's a very big news network. And apparently both of them were involved in covering up Harvey Weinstein's activities as media enablers. And I know the media say, whoa, 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 you can't attack us. You'll be attacking the First Amendment. Oh, get over yourselves. What a bunch of crap. What a bunch of crap. If the media were involved in a conspiracy to cover up criminal activity, then the individuals in these media corporations should be held to account as well. If, in fact, they have violated any law. I don't know. In the Washington Examiner, Emily Jasinski writes, journalist Sharon Waxman, journalist Sharon Waxman, is accusing the New York Times of killing a story that documented Harvey Weinstein's mistreatment of women more than a decade ago. Set off by a New York Times article that attacked Weinstein's media enablers in the wake of the paper's revelations about his history of misconduct, Waxman, founder and CEO of The Rap, described her frustrating experience reporting on his behavior for the New York Times 13 years ago. Imagine how many young women, or even not so young women, would not have been abused by Harvey Weinstein, allegedly, if the New York Times hadn't covered up for him. In a Sunday article, Waxman said she got the green light to look into off-repeated allegations of sexual misconduct by Weinstein Back in 2004, an assignment that took her to both London and Rome, where she apparently uncovered legitimate evidence pointing to the producer's pattern of abuse. But the story never ran. The story never ran. From Waxman's account, quote, After intense pressure from Weinstein, which included having Matt Damon and Russell Crowe call me directly to vouch for Lombardo and unknown discussions uh, well above my head at the Times, the story was gutted. I was told at the time that Weinstein had visited the newsroom in person to make his displeasure known. I knew he was a major advertiser in the Times and that he was a powerful person overall. 
John Landsman, former editor at the New York Times, whom Waxman implicated in the killing of her story, responded in a statement issued yesterday or the day before yesterday that said, why, if she had the goods on Weinstein in 2004, has she been unable or unwilling to publish something in the rap where she was in charge? Could it be because she didn't actually have the goods then, now, or in between? Well, Waxman responded to similar inquiries in an update to her Sunday article, arguing she thought the issue was in the past. Of course, that would make them both wrong, wouldn't it? After the New York Times published its bombshell report last week, some described Weinstein's reputation as one of Hollywood's biggest open secrets. So why did it take decades for the story to come out? If it's true, Waxman's account, one that implicates a major newspaper and two major celebrities, could provide some insight into that process. It certainly sounds credible. Given that Weinstein essentially admitted to at least some of the allegations in his apology last week, he obviously found a way to keep that contact out of the media over the years. So who helped him? New York Times cover-up. That's the allegation. Now what about NBC? Ronan Farrow, who is essentially a failed host on MSNBC, but nonetheless, I believe he's still on their payroll. It's irrelevant. He was on MSLSD on Rachel Maddow's show. Rachel Maddow used to be the number one show in news talk on cable. Now she's not. She's been defeated handily. By Sean Hannity. You don't see that written anywhere either, do you? No, of course not. Here's Ronan Farrow on MSLSD yesterday speaking to Rachel Maddow. Cut five, go. Why did you end up reporting this story for The New Yorker and not for NBC News? Look, you would have to ask NBC and NBC executives about the details of that story. I'm not going to comment on any news organization's story that they um, you know, did or didn't run. Uh, I will say that over many years... Many news organizations have circled this story and faced a great deal of pressure in doing so. Mm. And there are now reports emerging publicly about the kinds of pressure that news organizations face in this. Mm -hmm. um, and that is real. In, in the course of this reporting, I was threatened with a lawsuit personally by Mr. Weinstein. And, um, you know, we've already seen that The Times has been publicly threatened with a suit. I don't want to describe uh, any suits leveled at other organizations that I work with. But... Uh, you know, certainly this and, is a, a considerable amount of pressure that outlets get us. Well. And NBC says that, you know, you didn't, that the, the story wasn't publishable, that it wasn't ready to go by the time that you brought it to them. But obviously it's ready to go by the time you got it into The New Yorker. Uh, I walked into the door at The New Yorker with a uh, an explosively reportable piece that should have been public earlier. And uh, immediately, obviously, The New Yorker recognized that. And it is not accurate to say that it was not reportable. In fact, there were multiple determinations that it was reportable at NBC. Boy, Rachel Maddow. What happened to the left-wing radical Rachel Maddow? I know that MSLSD is part of NBC. I believe it's all part of Comcast, isn't it, Rich? But whatever. Fact of the matter is, Rachel Maddow seemed awfully temperate and tolerant, didn't she? When her employer, essentially, is accused of a cover-up of this kind. This is what I mean, the phonies and the frauds on the left. The phonies and the frauds in the Democrat Party. The phonies and the frauds in the media. And the phonies and the frauds in Hollywood. And they have so much control over our culture. So much to say about the issues and where this country is headed. And why? 
This is why this is important, ladies and gentlemen, to expose this as fully as possible. To spend as much time and effort on this as we have on the Russia collusion issue, which so far has borne no fruit. Just fruit cakes. So, this needs to be pursued aggressively. These institutions, these powerful institutions in our society, which have so much say over the course of this country, the media and the cover-ups, Hollywood and the criminality, and the Democrat Party so far, which is largely untouched by this. And yet Harvey Weinstein was a rainmaker for the Democrat Party. Hollywood, as an industry, is a rainmaker for the Democrat Party. The media, for the vast majority of the so-called journalists and hosts and commentators, are appendages of the Democrat Party. There's really no question about it. And yet I'm not done. We move from Hollywood to the Boy Scouts. Soon we won't be calling them the Boy Scouts. We'll just be calling them the Scouts. NBC News. Boy Scouts will admit girls, allow them to earn Eagle Scout rank. Well, isn't that magnanimous of them? The Boy Scouts of America announced on Wednesday that girls will soon be allowed to become Cub Scouts and to earn the coveted rank of Eagle Scout, the organization's highest honor. We believe it is cri- uh, critical to evolve. Listen to this. We believe it is critical to evolve how our programs meet the need. First of all, how about literacy at the Boy Scouts with the chief executive of the Boy Scouts, Michael Serba? We believe it is critical to evolve how our programs meet the needs of families interested in positive and lifelong experiences for their children. This is a rambling buffoon, this Michael Serba, chief executive of the Boy Scouts. The scouting board of directors voted unanimously to make the historic change in an organization that has been primarily for boys since its founding more than 100 years ago. Are there not allowed to be any more boys' organizations? Are there not allowed to be... Men organizations? Male organizations? Starting next year, young girls can join Cub Scout units known as DENS. Local scouting organizations can choose to have DENS for girls and DENS for boys. Cub Scout DENS will be single gender. All boys are all girls. What is single gender? Does that mean you can't procreate? Will be single gender? That's not a, that's not the correct characterization. What they're trying to say is we'll be both genders. No, it'll be single gender. It was single gender when it was all boys, you idiots. You don't even know what you're saying. A separate program for older girls will be available in 2019, the Boy Scouts said, enabling them to earn the rank of Eagle Scout. Now, the Boy Scouts said the moves reflect the changing nature of American life, adding to the appeal of scouting program that can serve the entire family. Oh, that's right. It's about the family. No, it's about progressivism. It is a poison, and it has seeped into every walk of life. The Boy Scouts of America said it commissioned two nationwide surveys that showed parents not involved in scouting had high interest in getting their daughters signed up for both Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. 
Well, why would you ask parents who are not involved in scouting? You know what that tells me, ladies and gentlemen? They have a survey, nationwide survey, of parents who are involved in scouting, and they voted thumbs down. That's my guess. Girls are now part of four scouting programs, Venturing and Sea Scouting, geared toward outdoor activities, exploring a career-oriented mentoring program, and STEM, focusing on science and math. But those programs had not offered a path to Eagle Scout for girls. Earlier this year, the National Organization for Women, what a disreputable organization, urged the Boy Scouts to admit girls to the entire program, supporting the efforts of a New York teenager, Sydney Ireland, to attain the rank of Eagle Scout as her older brother did. Let me ask you a question. Does the National Organization for Women have a problem if males make up the majority of its board of directors? I'm just curious. You know, single gender. I just want to do what the Boy Scouts do, earn the merit badges and earn the Eagle Award, she told NBC News. Well, too bad. No offense, but it's called the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts. The Girl Scouts is a great organization, but it's just not the program that I want to be part of. I'm sorry. Too bad. I'd like to be a professional basketball player, but I can't be. I'd like to be part of it, but I can't be part of it. So what? And by the way, I wouldn't. I think girls should have the opportunity to be a member of any organization they want, regardless of gender. Really? In the past, the Girl Scouts have been cool to the idea of admitting girls into the Boy Scouts, citing research that showed many girls learn best in an all-female environment. Well, that's over. They're not going to allow that anymore. Whatever the left wants, the left gets. And they get to impose their will by law. Little Sally wants to be a Boy Scout. Well, then we have to change a hundred years of tradition because nobody wants to offend little Sally. No, can't do that. That would be unfair. Be unfair. How about if a fat short guy wants to be a ballerina? Is that okay? I mean a professional ballerina who performs on stage. A fat short guy wants to be a ballerina. You know, like a fat, short, Rahm Emanuel type, who was a ballerina, by the way. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, let's get it all on the table. Let's get it all out. You callers hang in there, I promise I'll get to you. Michael Wilbon on ESPN. Michael Wilbon has been a sports writer and a sportscaster for decades. I've been around the Washington area and uh, all over the place these days. And he's a leftist. He can't really hide it. He's a leftist. He's no Stephen A. Smith, in my view. Stephen A. Smith, who's become a friend, even though that probably scares the hell out of him and a lot of other people. He's an independent thinker. Sometimes he's with you, sometimes he's against you. He's not necessarily predictable. Uh, you can agree with him, you can disagree with him, and so forth. He's enormously intelligent, he's enormously entertaining. I don't find Michael Wilbon to be any of those things. So whenever he's on, I shut him off. It's because of jackass comments like this. Cut 11, go. A week ago I said I thought Jerry Jones displayed some leadership. Because he seemed to understand compromise, saying... I. I 
I need to be with my players. And he got down and linked arms and all this stuff. And he said, but no, I'm no, 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 no. He didn't get down and link arms, Will Bond. He got on his knee. And that's why he liked it. He got down on his knee. He was a social warrior. Go ahead. It seemed like that was where he was going. But now it just seems like it was as phony as a $3 bill. And the word that comes to my mind, I don't care who doesn't like me using it, is plantation. The players are here to serve me, and they will do what I want no matter how much I pay them. They are not equal to me. You know, you're so full of crap. It's not even funny. It's called a business genius. He's the owner. He's the boss. So now every workplace is a plantation. Is that it? Because there's a boss, because there's an owner, because there's a board of directors, because there's management. How stupid. How moronic. It's a plantation with multimillionaires voluntarily doing what they want to do on a football field, becoming fabulously famous and wealthy. It's a plantation, you idiot. It's a business. It's entertainment. They're chasing a football. You. Ah, never mind. Players are here to serve me. No, actually, the players are there to serve us, Mr. Wilbon. That's we, the fans. They're there to serve us. Now, I can't explain Jerry Jones. One day he's kneeling on his knee, the next day he's uh, putting out this order. I like the second part, not the first part. He'll have to explain that to our wonderful, wonderful patriots in and around Dallas-Fort Worth. That's not up for me. But that said... To use that line, plantation, it reminds me of people using Hitler or the Third Reich over and over and over again to advance their political agenda. And you think about what Hitler was like in the Third Reich. This is why I call the regime in Iran Islamo-Nazi, because these are Islamo-Nazis. The way they slaughter people, the way they, they, they murder gay people the way they throw people into torture chambers, the way people are raped there under this regime, what their intentions are, what their comments are. To say Jerry Jones is like uh, running a plantation is so contemptible, so moronic. And what's happened is the players have listened to guys like Michael Wilbon, and they've got themselves in a bind. The players' union, which is left-wing, it's got itself in a bind. And now the owners are trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do about this? And when this broke on day one, I said, the owners better get on top of this. It's going to get away from them. Otherwise, fools like Michael Wilbon will be leading the charge. And he has no skin in the game. He doesn't have anything in this game. He'll get paid no matter what. He's a sportscaster. If there's no football, he'll cover basketball. If there's no basketball, he'll cover baseball. If there's no baseball, he'll cover tiddlywinks. Doesn't matter to him. I'll be right back. Versus left is right versus wrong. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Nothing is off limits. The uh, wrecking crew of the progressive movement is out there. They got their wrecking balls all over the place. Destroying the NFL. 
destroying the Boy Scouts. They've been after the Boy Scouts for decades. Destroying, well, what institutions? Think of any institution that, that you care about and tell me if they're destroying it or not. Of course they are. Of course they are. You know, friends, it's hard to believe that 2017 is almost over. You believe that? Time doesn't stand still, so don't waste another minute. Join AMAC right now. AMAC is the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's the leading conservative voice for Americans age 50 and up. And they're resolved to continue their mission to restore America's moral compass, to make America a better place for our children, and to save America from the left. And I'm an AMAC member. And as an AMAC member, you'll also gain access to a variety of exclusive benefits and discounts that will help you save a lot of money. From car insurance and Medicare plans to discounts on hotels, car rentals, and more, AMAC is the organization to join. A voice for conservatives in Washington, exceptional benefits. Now that's an organization you want to be a member of. Join AMAC right now. Go to www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. Or you can call them on their toll-free number, 888-262-2006. That's 888-262-2006. The Association of Mature American Citizens, the benefits are great, but the cause is even greater. Join AMAC today. 888-262-2006 or amac.us. It's certainly worth it. Well, Mr. Wilbon thought his comments were absolutely profound and incredibly courageous, he being another social justice warrior from his uh, position in the broadcast studio. And he was on something called the Dan Patrick Show. And he doubles down. He's very proud of himself. Cut 12, go. But I have not had anybody tell me what I can and can't say. I was critical of Jerry Jones yesterday. I used the phrase plantation mentality. So let me repeat it. Because that's what it comes off as. I don't care if Jerry Jones comes back and criticizes me or Fox News or anybody else. Wow, you're a tough guy. Will Bond's a tough guy. That's right. Take the knee. Take the knee. And if, and if the owner tells you you can't take the knee, the man who, who pays the salaries... The man who, whose people draft the players, if he tells you you need to stand up for the anthem, which, by the way, is in their operating regulations over there at the NFL, well, then you must be a plantation owner. This guy's a moron. Absolute clown. And let me say it again, if you haven't heard it. Let me say it again. You only say it once to be stupid, pal. Go ahead. Um, you know, there needs to be open discussion. Sometimes it's hard. There is open discussion. But your discussion isn't discussion. You make stupid comments. Go ahead. And I don't have my bosses tell me what to say, meaning my producers of PTI. No, no, no. But if you're in front of TV and you decide, Mr. Wilbon, you know what? I'm going to take my shirt off. And I'm going to take my shirt off because I believe the cops in this country are abusive. And I'm a social justice warrior. I'm going to take my shirt off. You bet your ass will be fired. And it'll have nothing to do with race either. Nothing. Go ahead. Bristol tell me what to say, and I ain't, I'm not waiting for it. I'm not sitting by the phone waiting for area code 860. He's telling <laughs> you what to say, dummy. 
Nobody's telling you what to say. Nobody's telling me what to say. Nobody's telling these players what to say. Before the game and after the game, they say whatever they want. Say whatever they want. They can be real social justice warriors. But for 60 seconds or so, they're an employee. They're an employee when they're on that field. It's not a plantation, Mr. Wilbon. You're quite confused. And wittingly so. You're intentionally confused. And you think your audience is stupid. And that's why you're throwing out provocative terms like plantation. It's a plantation mentality. Actually, the first time you didn't say plantation mentality. You said it is a plantation. Now you've modified it. Just pointing it out. I'm a man of words. There you have it. The great Michael Wilbon, everybody. Great Michael Wilbon. Ever say anything profound? Nothing I can think of. Just another liberal sportscaster. Popping off. Let's continue. Jerry, Passaic, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hello, Jerry. Yes. Jerry, when I say go, that means you're on the air. Millions of people are waiting in anticipation, and you need to speak. Uh, You know, Trump has already screwed up on two things. The doctor is the second one, and Israel. Who's to say he's not going to build a wall now? If he does that, that's strike three. As far as I'm concerned, he'll never win again. He's basically violated everything he said. He basically, um, he basically... Well, let's, let's slow down a second. The wall, he needs help. He needs an appropriation from Congress. You'll recall when he was running for president, he kept saying, I'm going to make the Mexicans pay for it, and so forth and so on. I said back then, uh, despite the groupthink, uh, I said, no, he's not going to get the Mexicans to pay for it. That is the Mexican government. And he's going to need an appropriation from Congress. And I'm not going to go back and replay for you the multiple times I said this, and he's going to have a filibuster problem with the Democrats. And I said, so it's not so easy, and he may not build the wall. And that's exactly what's happened. Number two on DACA. On DACA, this has nothing to do with the Republicans in Congress or the Democrats in Congress. The president has unilaterally decided uh, that he's going to break his campaign promise, hasn't he? He's unilaterally decided he's going to break his campaign promise. And what he's done is he's circled back and tried to force Congress with a, with a 70-point plan of doing some very, very important things in exchange for relenting, uh, or uh, I should say breaking his promise on DACA. Some of those things, many of them I could live with. But, uh, you know, let's see. Let's see if he gets it done. But he's created this box for himself. Now we have uh, the point about him moving the, uh, the uh, American embassy to the, uh, to the Israeli capital, Jerusalem. Again, he decided on his own not to do it. While he campaigned over and over and over again that he would do it. Now the timing's not right. Well, the timing's never right. He expect the Palestinians to come to the table for peace? Well, they'll never do that. Uh, and then now, when it comes to this Iran deal, which is a direct threat to this country, ICBMs with nuclear warheads, a direct threat to this country from this regime, well, we'll decertify. We'll see what he does. But I'm talking about the reporting so far. He'll decertify, but, uh, you know, it'll, it'll appear that he's being strong, and it may not be strong, and he'll throw it to Congress. That's not what he said during the campaign. He said, get rid of this deal. It's the worst deal in history. And he's right. Obama and Corker sold out the country. Let me repeat. Obama and Corker sold out the country. That's what they did. And I know I'm not on the Dan Patrick show, whatever that is, but I am on the Mark Levin show, 
And that's uh, and that's where we stand. Thank you for your call. Let's continue, shall we? Let's go to Jacob, San Francisco, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, it's great to actually talk to you. Thank you. And I just want to talk about the whole letting of the girls into the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah. And just say that uh, I think the Boy Scouts have opened up a can of worms because one of the merit badges I remember having to earn to get the rank of Eagle Scout is the cooking merit badge. And just saying it could be considered a little sexist to have a bunch of, you know, girls have to take that merit badge, jokingly speaking, of course. Oh, you mean they should be forced to cook? Yeah, exactly. It's going to, I'm sure that's going to be the next target. All right, my friend. It is a little frustrating, isn't it? The, the 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 extent to which this dangerous, bleak, backwards ideology called progressivism. Look how they 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 anoint themselves with their own nomenclature. Oh, we're progressives, when in fact they're regressives, they're throwbacks. The extent to which they have de- devoured so many of our traditions and customs and our institutions. And the difficulty it is in getting them back. And trust me, I don't care how many conservatives we run in Republican primaries, we're not going to get our culture back that way. We must contain the federal government. We must contain the federal government through Article 5 Convention of the States. Otherwise, here we are. These, these, these just insane issues, absolutely insane issues. Dan, Fredericksburg, Virginia, the great WMAL, go. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. So I wanted to go back to the Iran deal. And, you know, every time I hear about Iran, I'm just infuriated because I was a Marine uh, deployed to Iraq 2007-2008, and our number one threat there was the IEDs that were manufactured in Iran. They're called the Explosively Formed Penetrators, ESPs, and these things killed more service members than any other IED at that point in time for a while, and they were being manufactured in Iran, deployed by the uh, Qud's force, the Qud's Iranian uh, Guard Qud's force, without you know doing the training on these things, and people just don't understand how many Americans Iran has killed, and you know, and then when you compound that with uh, you know Ben Rhodes essentially admitting that they leveraged their little echo chambers in the media to to push this Iran deal, every time I hear about it, I'm just infuriated. Well, let me and ask it needs you a question. Away. First of all, I want to thank you for your service, and that I mean really. I mean, it's a wonderful thing you've done for your country. And now my question to you, Dan, is this. So why won't Trump, who campaigned on dropping this deal, drop this deal? Well, from, from my observation, it's clear, and I don't know you know, if it's a money deal, but the swamp is totally on board and in bed with you know, the people who have perpetrated this, this deal. Okay, you know? got it. But why won't Trump do what he said he would do? Why won't he do the right thing? That's a good question. I, you know, from from my observations, standing out from the outside looking in, it seems that the swamp has, uh, you know, drained him more than he's drained the swamp recently. And that's the thing. And if you say that, it's like, what are you talking about? Get behind the president. Excuse me. You want to get behind the president? Then you need to make your voices heard and try and hold his feet to the fire on what he promised during the campaign. This was a big issue, was it not, Dan? It was huge. And like I say, every time I hear about it, I'm upset. I think, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a huge Bannon fan, but, you know, he's got the pulse of the country, and, and, you know, I am 
you know, as, as mad as I can be with the, these establishment Republicans not doing well, a darn I, thing. I, I certainly look forward to his website jumping in on this. Hmm. Yeah. I was I've, over there. I was over there a little while ago, and there's nothing on there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's uh, It's been a, a silent issue. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Very much. Let's continue. Craig, Dallas, Georgia. Sirius Satellite, how are you? Good evening, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I'm... Are you on a speakerphone? No, sir. I'm on my cell phone. I'm driving home from work. And All right. Put, put, your mouth right up to the, put your mouth right up to the mouthpiece so we can hear you. Okay. Go no, ahead. No, sir. I'm on my way from home right now from work, and I listen to your radio show every night on my way home. Thank you. And for some reason, I feel like I woke up in some crazy Mel Brooks movie yeah. where what used to be right is now wrong, and what's, what was wrong is now right. You've got men identifying as females going into female bathrooms. You've got women that want girls that want to be in the Boy Scouts. Um, I'm an Eagle Scout. I've retired from the military. We've got NFL players who've been blessed with the gift to play a game. They can't even stand for a minute and respect the country and the flag and the individuals who have fought and died for this country. They don't even know the meaning of the Star-Spangled Banner. And I never thought in 54 years of life I would wake up and all this craziness is just going on in this world mm. here in the United States. But that's the way it happens, doesn't it? Isn't it? That's the way it happens. These things creep up on you and then all of a sudden... They poke in the eye. And that's why yeah. we need to be resolute. The left is resolute about fundamentally transforming America. And in the course of fundamentally, uh, fundamentally transforming America, they like to tell you how, how patriotic they are. No, no, look, we're not taking a knee because we disrespect the country or the flag or the, or the anthem. No, 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 it's because of this over here and that over there and this over there. All right, my friend, again, I want to thank you for your service. And I much, much appreciate it and thank you for listening. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In need of great talent for your business, but short on time? You don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just a single click. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting. So you receive the best possible matches. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, for my listeners, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. What a great service. What a great service. Joe Scarborough, 
is a rather loathsome individual. Um, by the way, have you noticed he has an enormously big head, Mr. Producer? Have you noticed that? I don't, I don't just mean from a psychological point of view. I mean physically. It's like out of proportion. It's like out of proportion. His body's like Rhode Island and the head is like Montana. It's just unbelievable. Then he's got that, uh, that kind of woodpecker hairdo. Woody the woodpecker, have you noticed that? And then, and I don't mean to offend, then he has a face like the, uh, the kid, I guess I've said many times in Deliverance on the bridge playing the banjo. But that doesn't even bother me. What bothers me is what's between his ears. Pretty much mashed potatoes. And uh, Scarborough in the morning schmo today, nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. The president said we need to increase our nuclear weapons tenfold. And no less a person than General Mattis said, no, he didn't. More leaks, though. More leaks at a top-level meetings. I don't know what that's all about. But anyway... The morning schmo and Mr. Schmo couldn't wait to jump on it. Cut four, go. But a delegation of Republicans need to go over to the White House and tell the president, either you assure us that the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the United States Senate is wrong, or we are going to take immediate action to limit your ability to launch nuclear weapons. Now stop. Just to show you what a moron this is with this... With his negative IQ. How will Congress limit the president's ability to launch nuclear weapons? Let's just do this as a theoretical matter. He's the commander in chief. They're going to pass a statute? Well, who has to sign it into law? Well, you know, uh, he can, they can pass it and he can veto it and they can override his veto. Really? Moreover, under our constitutional system, who has the power to make that determination? I would argue the president. Libertarians would argue nobody, of course. Go ahead. Hayden said last year, it will no longer be a system that is built more for speed than for rationality. These Republican senators in the All right, stop. He goes droning on and on and on because that's what they do at MSLSD. But then he says, there's something called the 25th Amendment that they're going to have to start looking at. They've been looking at the 25th Amendment forever. 25th Amendment, hmm. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now, we've talked about this, but a refresher is necessary. The 25th Amendment. What's this about using the 25th Amendment to get rid of Donald Trump? Let's go back to cut four. And Mr. Negative IQ, the morning schmo, this morning. Cut four, go. But a delegation of Republicans need to go over to the White House and tell the president, either you assure us that the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the United States Senate is wrong, or we are going to take immediate action 
to limit your ability to launch nuclear weapons. And it won't be what General Hayden said last year. It will no longer be a system that is built more for speed than for rationality. These Republican senators in the middle of October 2017 have that responsibility for millions and millions of Americans and others across the globe. And if they can't do that, then there's something called the 25th Amendment that they're going to have to start looking at. 25th Amendment, what does it say? Section 1. In case of the removal of the president from office or of his death or resignation, the vice president shall become president of the United States. Section 2. Whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. Section 3. Whenever the president transmits to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House his written declaration that he's unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Now, Reagan did this a few times uh, when he was shot and when he was under surgery. And until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. Now, the last section and the longest, section 4. Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, and they've provided by the cabinet, transmit to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office of acting president. Now, first of all, there's nothing in there about mental incapacitation. There's nothing in there about health of any kind. This is purely a political decision, if it were to be made, by the vice president and a majority, in this case, a majority of his cabinet. That is, of the president's cabinet. Let's read on. Thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that no inability exists... Okay? So let's say Trump writes and says, no, I'm not disabled. No inability exists. He shall resume the powers and duties of his office. Unless the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive branch or of such other bodies Congress may by law provide, transmit within four days to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Thereupon... Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session. If the Congress, within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration, stick with me, or if Congress is not in session, within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble, listen, this is the key, determines by two-thirds vote of both houses that the President is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. All right, all this mumbo-jumbo, what's the key? Two-thirds vote of the House and the Senate, right? When push comes to shove at the very end of the process, we need a two-thirds vote of the House and a two-thirds vote of the Senate 
to determine that the President is unable to discharge his powers and his duties and that the Vice President shall continue as the Acting President of the United States. Got that, Mr. Producer? Two-thirds of the House and Senate, right? 25th Amendment. Now, ladies and gentlemen, even if you're of an evil mindset, like the Democrats, like Joe Scarborough, I wish we had a 25th Amendment for uh, MSNBC, by the way. Those who seek to remove the president, I've given this some thought, are never going to use Article 5. I should say, are never going to use the 25th Amendment. Now, why is that? Because they need two-thirds vote of both houses of Congress in order to sustain the vice president as the acting president. The impeachment process merely requires a majority of the House of Representatives to impeach and two-thirds of the Senate to convict. A majority of the House of Representatives to impeach and two-thirds of the Senate after a trial to convict. So the impeachment standard is lower than the 25th Amendment standard. So it's not the 25th Amendment that would result in this president's removal. Now, this next election, if the Democrats take the House of Representatives, and I've told you this from day one, day one, at some point during the term of that House of Representatives, that two-year term, they will vote to impeach Donald Trump. They don't need two-thirds. They need a majority. Then it would go to the Senate, where you need two-thirds. Now, there won't be two-thirds Democrats there. But there are some rhino, progressive Republicans there that might throw in with the Democrats. I still don't believe that they would be able to convict with the two-thirds vote requirement. What this would do, however is it would undermine the president, it would undermine his administration, he'd be doing battle with the Congress for his political survival, while the North Koreans are firing missiles left and right, while the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran is building missiles left and right, and all these other issues are going on, as well as domestic issues. And that, of course, would be the purpose of the Democrats, not that they expect to convict him, but they expect to handicap him to tie him up. So the greatest threat from this constitutional perspective that faces the President of the United States is not the 25th Amendment. It's the impeachment clause. And if the Democrats win the House of Representatives, it is a real threat. It is a real threat. In my humble opinion. So again, Joe Scarborough doesn't know what he's talking about. It doesn't much matter because he's on MSNBC where in order to get hired, you really can't know what you're talking about. You're a know-nothing. You're a know-nothing. The reason why Joe Scarborough was hired by MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen, is because he was one of these phony Republicans, now he's an independent, who spends his time trashing conservatives. I could be on CNN every day on every show if I were trashing conservatives. If I were trashing conservatives. As it is, I'm invited on Fox all the time. This week alone. 
This week alone, three different programs. But I have this program. Then I have Levin TV. So there you are with the 25th Amendment. I've given this some thought. I've looked into it more deeply. Uh, they keep talking about the 25th Amendment. And they keep talking about the 25th Amendment as if you get a note from a doctor that the President of the United States is off his rocker or something, which he's not, let's be clear. It has nothing to do with doctors. It has nothing to do with mental issues. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's a political decision, whether the Vice President of the United States and a majority of the Cabinet together turn on the President. I don't see Mike Pence doing that, period. I simply don't. So this is a... Uh, Again, a progressive left-wing dream, as it turns out. And once I thought it was a little more serious. Now I just realize it's a joke. But the impeachment clause is not a joke. It is not a joke. The threshold to impeach is relatively low. Now, when it came to Barack Obama, who should have been impeached over the Iran deal alone, which all the Republicans are going to uphold. Look at this. We decertified. Oh, my God. The sky's falling. And they decertify, and then through the back door... Let's fix the agreement. Let's fix it. Because we know we can trust we know we can trust the, the, the regime in Iran to 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 abide by an amended agreement. It, it's 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 irrational. But that position is irrational. But I just wanted to point out the twenty fifth amendment because the dolts out there keep bringing it up. You know, the twenty Trump's gonna it's gonna be the twenty fifth amendment. No, it's not. It's gonna be the House of Representatives that the Democrats take it. I'll be right back. Okay. Catherine Laguna, California, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks, Mark, for having me. I am a mom of two Eagle Scouts. 18 and 16, they listen to you every day. They adore you. Oh, thank you all. They they um, have learned, and I have learned so much from you. And I am just absolutely heartbroken that the Boy Scouts of America have decided to make this decision. And mm-hmm. um, my 18-year-old, he got his eagle last year, and my 16-year-old just in the past month. And I'm worried that... It's not going to mean anything anymore. Nothing is sacred anymore, traditions, mm-hmm. anything like that. And it, has, it, it is so hard to become an eagle. I don't think a lot of people realize how much effort it takes to become an Eagle Scout. We've been a 10-year probably plus family. My, my husband was Scoutmaster, and it is so much work. And it's a, a wonderful place for young men to become, to learn how to become men. And our society needs that so much. And nothing to be against women and girls, but that's where the Girl Scouts come in, and that's where they have their place. And I'm just, I'm just beside myself because I, for all the work that my kids have done, I just hope it means something when they put it on their employment application, when they go get a job. And that's a, one of the reasons why we, we instilled in them that you will get your Eagle Scout because it is so very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not great, great students. They work really hard. But gosh darn it, having an Eagle Scout... 
say that on your application, they've already gotten summer jobs because of being an Eagle Scout. And I just hope that meaning, that meaning doesn't go away. All right. It's just well, very disheartening right now. I don't, I don't think the meaning will go away. Um, I think that uh, these institutions are destroying themselves, but I don't think the meaning of being an Eagle Scout will ever go away. So hang in there, and my best to your Eagle Scouts there, and God bless you. Bob, Santa Rosa, California, the great KSFO. Go. Yes, uh, this is Bob. I just uh, I wanted to let Wait you know. Wait a minute, is this Bob? I, yes, this is Bob. Can you hear me? You, I'm just. Are you sure you're Bob? I am Bob. It says here, it says here you're Bob, Frank. No, I'm Bob from Santa Rosa, California. Are you sure you're not Paris. Frank from Orange County? I promise. Can you prove it, sir? Seriously. Excuse me? Can you prove it? Can I prove it? Can you uh, prove that you're Bob from Santa Rosa <laughs> and not Frank from Orange County? Very simple request. I cannot prove it, but I can tell you what I wanted to say. Is your real name Robert, by the way? Um, yes, it is Robert. Yes. I see. But I'm called so, Bob. So you're, so you're, you're calling in under a, a, a pseudonym, a disguise. <laughs> well, I've been called Bob since I can remember. But, uh, but your real name is Robert, is that correct? It is now, yep. Okay, well, look, I've always thought it's better to tell the truth than not tell the truth. Your name's Robert, correct? Well, yeah, I mean, officially, but everybody calls me Bob, so... Well, everybody's wrong. Your name is officially okay. Robert. Okay. But, but well, are you I'm... sure you're not actually Frank? Because I don't want to j- jump the line here. No, I am not Frank. I'm not Frank. I'm... I'm 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 Robert <laughs> from uh, Santa Rosa, California. I want to All right, I'll play. About... Okay, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. I was calling because of the, you know, I really think the feminization, of course, of boys. Can you is, use that word feminization again? Go ahead. Oh, did I say it wrong? The feminization of boys is ridiculous and I'm disgusted right. by it. Yes. And uh at the same time, I raised Uh-oh. four boys, but at the same time, I the Girl Scouts are an embarrassment. I mean, it's ridiculous what they're teaching them, what they're implanting. What in are they lives. teaching them? I don't even know. Well, they teach they teach them all the liberal things you can ever imagine. I mean, the girls that I've talked to that are involved in it are so liberal, and the Girl Scouts is so liberal that I don't I don't even buy the Girl Scouts cookies anymore. Or do any of those things because they're teaching them, you know, uh, abortion on demand and these kind of liberal. Things and it, Maybe and they really are, but I must tell you, the, the Girl Scouts that I meet selling the cookies, they're pretty solid. They're sweet. They're and nice. their parents And their parents are solid when they're at the tables there, so, you know. Yeah, they are, but you find out what they teach them, and the liberalism is is horrible. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the difference between the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts in that sense. And so the former caller, I completely agree with what she said about the boys and about you know, the the point that they need a place, and I understand that, and, and the Boy Scouts teach amazing things. What I'd like to see, though, is I'd yeah. like to see the Boy Scouts be able to in, influence the girls, and maybe not that they can be joined together somehow, but somehow to have girls have a place to go. Well, not now. I mean, the Boy Scouts Board of Directors voted unanimously to fundamentally alter the organization. I'm not sure that I like the fact of them being in the same class, but now that we've broken, maybe it's true. 
Maybe if they broke the connection between the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, maybe it would give the Boy Scouts an opportunity to open a Girl Scouts type of format that was more concerned. What, what, what makes you think that the hierarchy of the Boy Scouts hasn't already been poisoned with leftism? Well, I believe they Clearly have. this act today or yesterday uh, demonstrates that it is. But I hope they'll come back. All you right. know, I mean, I, I'm hoping... All right, Frank, i got to move on. Thank you for your call, my friend. Let's continue, shall we? Eric! Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Thank you, Mr. Levin. It's an honor. Sir, it, yes. it seems to me that one of the things that we have, they're protesting, is we, we don't have the unity in this country anymore. The symbols, the flag, and the anthem they're protesting. In high school, after the Pledge of Allegiance in each and every assembly, we said in unison, I am an American citizen responsible for my actions and dedicated to the principles that make my country free. I will trust in God and the United States of America. We don't have the unified. I mean, they're breaking apart everything that unifies us as a people. There is right no because what you just said is really not said in most schools, is it? No, sir. There's no unif. As you point out wisely, there's no unifying effort in our public school systems. There's no assimilation effort in our public school systems, and so what we're left with is this radical ideology called progressivism. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. Have you ever thought of Hillsdale College in terms of impacting K-12 through education? Well, they are, and they're improving young lives in the process. Hillsdale has founded more than a dozen charter schools nationwide with more opening every year. They provide curricula, train their faculty, and offer support and advice. And get this, Hillsdale doesn't take a penny for these services. They do it for free. It's called the Barney Charter School Initiative, and it's funded entirely by donors. You know that a Hillsdale College education produces graduates who are cut above the rest. They're young adults of character who know how to be good citizens. Now, those same teaching methods and principles are now used for primary education, too. Learn more about this important work at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Now, a video there shows how Hillsdale is building character in children all across the country, teaching these young people how to live full and flourishing lives. Hillsdale does all this without taking one penny of government money, and not one penny from the schools either. Check it out, and check out all that they have on their wonderful website. You can learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right. Let us check out the American people. Wayne, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS. Now, Wayne... Are your Cubs going to beat the Nats? I would hope so. I would hope so. I was born and raised in this town. I grew up with the 70s and the 80s Cubs. But, uh, man, I was goosebumps for a week after last year. I hope to relive it this year. Nats are a pretty good team, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just as good, if not better, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And they got one under their belt. They'll be fine. All right. We'll see what happens. Go right ahead, my friend. Yeah, um, I'm responding... Uh, to something you made reference to in the first hour, I, when you said you missed Johnny Carson, um, that hit a bell with me. I mean, so I'd like your opinion, your take on something, yes, Mark. Yes. 
I mean, with comedy, it's all leftists out there, at least on the mainstream outlets. You know, the late night has their, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel's, the Colbert's, the Fallon's, Comedy Central, Samantha Bee, uh, Trevor Noah, all the other people. Why is it, and I've been wondering about this for 10 years, but I thought maybe I would get your take on it, your opinion. Why is it that with our, you know, our Stephen Crowders, who's hilarious, Tim Allen, Adam Carolla, Dennis Miller, everyone else, they can't put together an hour program on comedy. I, I'd imagine there'd be... They least- do, and they're great. I was just on uh, Crowder's show uh, this evening, and he's a great guy, and he's part of CRTV, and there's others, too. Um, the problem is the networks. The networks do not want anybody who is not out of line with this ideology. And uh, other than Fox, these cable channels are no different. I don't care if you have 100 cable channels. There's really only one that's relatively conservative, right? Uh, or 1,000 cable channels, for that matter. And so you can see that the, that the, the ideology has insinuated itself into entertainment. And that's where it's very powerful. And you're right, we need to break the... Uh, the monopoly, but it's not so easy because these network, you know, it's like it's like the colleges and universities. They hire from the same schools. It's incestuous. Uh, these these uh, networks, they hire people that they know. They hire people that have worked with people that they know, and they continue to build these uh, these these layers of bureaucracy, these layers of protection uh, that make it much much more difficult. And you're right, a guy like Crowder, he'd be hilarious on one of these night shows. Right, right. I just uh, that's that's my <coughs> excuse me. Uh oh, wait a minute. I can't do CPR over the phone, sir. That's okay. It was just uh, a little piece of broccoli. Just having a little broccoli. Dinner. What the hell are you eating that for? <laughs> You're gonna choke, I, choke on an M and M or something. I'm your age. I got to start eating healthy, Mark. Yeah, I know the feeling. You know I, what? I would just think yeah. uh, advertising dollars w- might override all what you're saying, and I agree 100% with what you're saying, but the advertisers, I think, would hop on something like that. Uh, and it's it's just well. a crying shame that I can't, you know, I listened to a little bit of Leno, but I, I always enjoyed going to bed with Johnny Carson or Leno, and I, I can't listen to these I agree. guys now. I go to bed mm-hmm. angry if I listen to these guys, and I can't do Tell that. you what, tell you what. Do you ever watch Levin TV? Yes, sir. I was going to give you a subscription. Well, go to bed with Levin TV. Okay. I think you'll I think you'll be able to rest easy. Right. All right, my brother. Excellent call. I thank you. It's not really my brother, but he's, he's a nice guy. Let's continue. Steve, Wisconsin, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. I just had a well a question, and actually, I want to know your opinion about uh, you know you're talking about the Boy Scouts and girls. By the way, a friend and... of mine wrote me and said the Boy Scouts. Scouts, rather, were explicitly founded and are as a faith-based organization, and still are, still is, rather. And the Girl Scouts explicitly were not. Do you know that to be the case? I do not know that to be the case. See that? You learn something every day. I didn't know that. Um, Neither did I. Anyway, go right ahead. I guess what I was... Next thing you know, the Boy Scouts will be selling cupcakes and cookies. All right, go ahead. You know, you had, you had the Moose Lodge and the Elk Club and stuff. And those have kind of gone by the wayside, too, because women wanted to join those. Well, let me ask you, are the Indian guides still around? I was an Indian guide. I don't know. We actually wore, and we enjoyed it, the feathers and so forth, and did all that stuff, and I guess that would be considered racist today. Correct. All right. And your question, sir. Well, 
I just want, do you think that they're just trying to attack men and that we just can't have our own secluded things? Well, first of all, I am really repulsed that the board of directors of the Boy Scouts itself would unanimously do something like this. And uh, I suspect they're trying to pump up the number of people who are joining the Boy Scouts. It's very short-sighted. Look, organizations have missions. Organizations are supposed to have principles and values of, you know, and so forth. And, and, the, and the people involved in them are supposed to understand them. And when they cease to have a mission, or when they cease to have principles or values that are actually followed, they cease to be relevant. And I fear that's where this is headed. I hope I'm wrong. I could well, be wrong. I hope even, I'm wrong. No, I, obviously there's been some things that have gone on with fraternities at colleges, but they're even trying to get rid of them. It really? Fraternities? Attack on men. What would we do without fraternities? Um, well, it is an attack on men. It's also an attack on the culture. Everybody's exactly equal. Don't you know that? I would say a exactly white equal. I hate to say that, but what's that? I said I hate to say it, but it's almost an attack on white culture, white men. No, I, well, there may be an attack on white men, but that has nothing to do with this. All right, thank you for your call. Let's continue here. Kelly, Waterford, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead. Um, hi, Mark. I have two points. Um, yes. I sadly cannot spend any more money on the Boy Scouts of America because they are now going to break down the masculinity of our young men. And we know it's from the left, and we know it's from the uh, corporation possibly, but I blame left parents. Also, NFL, if the, if the ball players shout that they don't care about the anthem, they don't care about the veterans, today... No, 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 that's, that's not what they do. They pretend that they care about America deeply that they're great patriots, just the cops. The cops are the problem. Okay, well, your show yesterday shouted that they didn't care about the veterans. And no, I agree. With, listen to me. You said what they said. I'm saying what they actually believe. Okay, well, if they believe this right now, then they have felt this way for years. And the NFL fans would do well to learn and understand this right now. Because they're not going to... They are. Let me tell you, they are, which is why the owners are concerned, which is why the commission is concerned, which is why uh, buffoons like Wilbon are out there talking about plantations. So, uh, all right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Excellent calls tonight. Excellent. So, Casey, Sandpoint, Idaho, don't blow it. Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, thanks, Mark. Hey, I just wanted to say a quick part. And that was the fact that I believe we're facing an epidemic here in the United States right now with sexual assaults, pedophilia, uh, rape culture, all things like that. And it's rampant through Hollywood. What, what, what makes you think that it's that, that we have this rampant culture going on now? I mean, it's clearly the case in Hollywood, but what makes you think it's going on all over the country? Well, look, just look at it. Look at the spo- all the sports I am just you, looking you, at it. You've used examples, numerous examples. I'm not, I know, but they're a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the population. You think that the general population more than ever before is involved in rape and sexual assault and sexual abuse? I don't know well, that I, to be true. When I do, and if you look at our education system, every, every week I can count Our education three. system doesn't demonstrate that. Our teachers sleeping with children right now does. Well, I don't know. I don't have the stats on that, whether teachers have been sleeping with children more now than they were before. I just don't know. 
But I'm talking about the general population out there. I don't know that to be the case. Well, if you look at the statistics as far as repeat offenders, people that are getting busted for child pedophilia and things like that, over eight... I haven't looked at the statistics. What are they? I... I can not give you exact numbers, but I know repeat offenders are anywhere from 80 to 90 percent. And the thing is, is if we don't revamp our... But how do you know repeat offenders haven't been repeat offenders from the beginning? You don't. And that's my point with with uh, Harvey Weinstein. The people are not saying anything. And the thing is, is if the punishment does not fit the crime, it's like telling your kids, don't do this. Unless you give them a reason not to do it, they're going to do it. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Was that Frank, Mr. Callscreen? Is that the Frank we've been waiting for? I don't know. How about we go to Jeremy, Portland, Oregon, a great affiliate there, KUFO. Go. Mark, you know, I, I, uh, I appreciate the previous caller who, who indicated that he thought that, that the Boy Scouts was a great organization. I was a Boy Scout growing up. But the reality that I believe is that we are being expected to participate in a nationwide psychosis where men can declare themselves to be women, and women can declare themselves to be men, and nobody can get in the way. And because of this, we have to allow everybody to participate in everything. And, you know, really this is the, the foundation of our problem is, is there's no such thing as, as a gender anymore. An X and Y chromosome doesn't make you male. And, and you know what that does ultimately? It destroys the whole idea of individuality, doesn't it? Absolutely. Because if everybody's like everybody, then nobody's unique. Well, and there, it's all in the name of equality. But That's but exactly we, right. Radical egalitarianism. We can be different, but still be equal. We can still have the same value and not be exactly the same. And, mm-hmm. and because of this, it's being shoved down our throat. And, you know, I think the Boy Scouts of America are done because they've bought into this lie. And I think until we get back to um, a sane culture that accepts truth as truth and right is right, You're right, we're lost. And I'm going to tell you something. The Boy Scouts of America, you, you make an excellent point. Uh, if they think they're going to expand their membership, no. Because there's a lot of parents out there who are going to say, gee whiz, I'm not going to sign my son up for that. There's no way. There's absolutely no way I would allow my children or grandchildren to participate in that psychosis. But I, your, your point is well taken. It is a national psychosis. And again, it's called progressivism. Thank you for your call, my friend. Excellent call. We'll be right back. Lovin. You know, my buddy Kyle Cox... An owner of Houston-based Blindster.com is helping his city recover from the ravages of Harvey. A portion of every purchase from Blindster.com, that's Blindster.com, goes to the city of Houston's Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. Now, Kyle will give you a great deal on custom blind shades or shutters while you help the folks in Houston at the same time. Blindster.com showed me how easy it is to measure and install my own blinds, and they can show you, too. Kyle started the entire online window treatment industry. You'll always get Kyle's personal fit or free guarantee. If for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you messed up, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free, and you only pay for shipping. And get this, 
Kyle gives you, my listeners, a whopping 40% off your entire order. These products are priced really, really well, but you'll get an additional 40%. And if you can use a tape measure and turn a screwdriver, you can install custom-made window treatments. Enter promo code MARK at checkout for 40% off your entire order while helping the people of Houston at the same time. That's blindster.com, blindster.com, promo code MARK. Let's continue, shall we? Yes, we shall. Let's see. Uh, Jay, Flagstaff, Arizona, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I, my question or sort of comment is, I keep hearing over and over again that these guys are rich and they should just shut up. Wh- which NFL guys? Players. The football players. The NFL right. players. And they should just shut up because they're making millions of dollars. When no, I- that's not, now, Jay, that's not all you're hearing. People are also saying... Uh, that it is it is a little strange that these men who live in in in, uh, in luxury like few have before them and few do today uh, take the occasion of the national anthem to make their protest uh, right well, before football. Hold on out right before. What do you mean? What would I have them do? They can do it outside the stadium. They can do it in their Private lives, they can go to the communities more than a few hours a week. What do you mean, what would I have them do? I'd have them stand uh, tall and honor this country. What would you have them do? Let me ask you something, sir. If they wanted to disrobe on the field as an act of uh, uh, free speech, would you have a problem with that? Excuse me? What do you mean, excuse me? I said if they wanted to disrobe and stand on the field and say, look at this. Uh, we're objecting to X, Y, Z. Is that okay by you? I don't. I don't. I'm not advocating for if the NFL feels that they're hurting. Well, their you brand. ask me what's wrong with it. I'm telling you what's wrong with it. This is not a place. This is. This is not. These stadiums are not built. These fans did not pay a fortune for these seats. Uh, the comp- The uh, the the owners didn't pay for cable TV rights. They didn't do that. So some schmo can decide to go on his knee to protest the police. What would I have them do? Stand at attention and play the damn game. They're entertainers. They're not civil rights activists. Muhammad Ali was seen as a civil rights activist. He was so, an entertainer. What does that have to do with it? He also went to prison, didn't he? Right, and he was seen by as These an guys advocate. only go to prison if they commit crimes. Them at the time. Now, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later. Let me explain something to you. Muhammad Ali was a stand up man. He didn't go into the boxing room every time and take a knee. He was drafted. He said it was against his religion. They said, you're going to go to prison. He said, I'll go to prison. He went to prison. How dare you compare him to these frauds? How, why are they frauds? Hey, get off my phone. Every excuse in the book, every phony argument in the book. Mike, why do you hang up? Because I can't take it anymore. The guy doesn't call here defending the vets, defending the fans. No, no, no. It's, oh, those poor football players. Why do you call them millionaires? Well, oh, what do you expect them to do? What do you mean, what do I expect them to do? Let's go to Rick, Long Beach, California, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Rick? Hey, Mark, I'm doing great. I want you to know I carry your book, Men of Black, whenever I'm in the courthouse just to piss off. Oh, what are you? Are you a lawyer? I'm a PI. I work for lawyers, but I'm in court quite a bit. I, yeah, I carry the book. I want to make two points about. And thank the you. That was my first book. Yes. 
Uh, great book, by the way. It took me a while to read it, but uh, it's a magnificent book. Um, I, I want to make two points because I'm an eagle. I'm like an eagle that's been shot down. There's consequences. Two things. Number one, this is almost child abuse. Young kids are being used by their parents with this liberal protesting and, you know, the now, hold, now hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. The Boy Scouts Board of Directors just voted this in. They just Correct. voted it in. So going forward, you might, you might make your argument if that's what you want to do. But at least for those who are in there now, they didn't even know this was coming, I don't believe. Sir, I apologize. The music means I gotta dance. Ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not getting on a knee, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. See you on Levin TV in two minutes. See you on the radio tomorrow. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.